What do you do when you hear some exciting good news? Do you run and tell your loved ones first? Well, we're going to talk about that next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? The question that I asked at our opening is the subject of a book that was recently published, and we're going to talk about it in a two-part series, and of course this is part one. The book was edited by Eric Johnson and Sean McDowell and is entitled Sharing the Good News with Mormons. It's published by Harvest House Publishers. And I asked Eric Johnson to come and discuss this book, so I'd like to introduce and welcome him. He's been on our guest, a guest several times on our show in the past, and thanks for coming back again, Eric. Thanks for having me, Doris. Sharing the book. All right. What you got in the book. First of all, uh, tell our viewers about the work you do in this culture and your contact information. Well, I work with a group called Mormonism Research Ministry. It was founded by Bill McKeever in 1979. I what became associated with the ministry in 1989. And so we operate out of Utah. Our website is mrm.org, and we do a variety of things, including we do a lot of evangelism. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of what we do. We like to go to churches and explain what Mormonism is all about, how it differs from evangelical Christianity, and also how to share our faith with Latter-day Saints. We have a radio show, a daily show, that goes Monday through Friday for 15 minutes, and we not only air in Salt Lake City, but in four other cities um, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the western United States. And we have podcasts that you can find on mrm.org that we've been doing that show since 2011. We like to try to hit the cutting edge issues mm -hmm. of what's going on in the Church of and, Jesus Christ. And Larry you do, and, and there's a lot of information on that website. A lot, you yeah. could spend hours, well, days and days on it. Uh, so, where would someone? purchase your book, and you mentioned you had a website, too, for the book. Yeah, if you want to go to the website, sharingwithmormons.com, and that website is a, a variety of different things, talking about each of the chapters, talking about the bios of the 26 different authors. This is mm -hmm. not just a book that Sean and I have written, but we incorporated 24 other people who mm -hmm. have written chapters for that, and that's what makes, I think, this book so exciting, to have a variety of approaches that people can use. Mm -hmm. And so they can go to sharingwithmormons.com. They can uh, look at also additional chapters. We have six or seven additional chapters. I'd like to get a chapter from you, Doris, <laughs> if you're willing to write a chapter on how to talk to somebody in, uh, who's a polygamist and what are some tactics to use there. Certainly your whole show is about that and your whole ministry, but that's what we're trying to do because we believe that there's not just one way to do evangelism. It mm -hmm. depends on your gifts, depends on the people that you're trying to reach, and, and all of that is talked about on that website. Mm -hmm. Good, very good. And and where would, uh, can they can they find out from that website where to buy a book? Yes, and, all the links to the major Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, ChristianBooks.com, mm -hmm. those kinds of websites. You can order it off of MRM.org if you'd like to order it through us as mm -hmm. well, but probably the fastest and easiest way is just going on to Amazon and they'll have it to you in two days. Yeah. You can also get a Kindle edition of this, oh, not good. just the hard okay. copy. Good. Okay. Now, the the title of the book, of course, is um, Sharing the Good News with Mormons, and I always like to incorporate the Mormon fundamentalists when, when mm -hmm. I do discussions mm -hmm. like this. But I look into my own experience. Before I became a Christian, I did not know the word gospel meant good news. Now, we were taught gospel 
growing up in the polygamy mm -hmm. group. But I didn't know that it meant good news. In fact, when I learned that's what it meant, I was really shocked. And I was shocked simply because polygamy groups gospel is not good news. No. It's not good news at all. It's actually really bad news. Um, neither is the LDS gospel good news when you no. get right down to the nitty-gritted of it. There's just too much work and there's no guarantees. Yeah. But the biblical gospel is truly good news, and we always want to share it with our loved ones and with our culture. So first explain what's the content of the good news, and you already mentioned your book's been doing very well. How has it been received with the culture? Yeah, I think that a lot of Christians are, need a little bit of a boost because I think evangelism is oftentimes looked at when what somebody else is doing and then saying, I can't do what that person yeah. does. And I understand that. The number one question that we do end up getting from interested Christians who want to share with their Mormon relative, friend, or neighbor is, well, what's the one thing that I can do? What's the one question I can ask them? I get that regularly. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember in 2016, in the fall, somebody asked me that question, and I responded, you know, there's not one way to do evangelism, right. which is what I was explaining earlier, but I wish somebody would just write a book and explain the different types of ways that we can do this. Mm -hmm. And that's how this book really did come together because we have all these different people compiling their ideas. And it's not a book that has to be read from chapter to chapter. You can skip the chapters. It doesn't have to be read chronologically. Right, which is the way I read it. <laughs> yeah. And, and then picking the chapters yeah. that you think are yeah. interesting. And so that, for me, has been very powerful is is having uh, people come to me and say, you know, I read that one chapter and it gave me an idea mm -hmm. to do something, maybe not quite the same, but maybe a little different. And that's okay. Sure. If this gets you to think beyond the box. In fact, the mm -hmm. subtitle is Practical Strategies for Getting the Conversation Started. And you mentioned gospel. Gospel does mean good news and it very clearly does. And the you know, in Christianity, we don't have all good news. There's bad news involved as well. We have sin. Romans mm -hmm. 3.23 right. says that everybody has sinned. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. But I'm glad for the second part of Romans mm -hmm. 6.23, which says the gift of God is yeah. eternal life through Christ Jesus. And so I liken it to uh, if somebody has something green between her teeth and she looks in the mirror at the end of the day and she knows that at lunch she had something that nobody told her because they were too embarrassed. Mm. They didn't want to make her feel bad. I think for her, or if somebody goes to the doctor and the doctor doesn't want to have to share bad news of the cancer and so they just ignore that, yeah. I think that's one of the worst things that we can do. Mm -hmm. I think we need to hit with the reality, the bottom line is there is bad news. The gospel does include that. But the good news, as you mentioned, Jesus came to die on the cross and impute his righteousness on those who are believers. And Mormonism and the polygamous groups, they don't have that same idea that they can have this gift without having to have full obedience. Without the works and all of the obedience. Yeah. That's right. So let's go to the first chapter. It asks the question, should Christians share the good news with Mormons? Now, when we share, we're sometimes accused of trying to destroy the faith of others. Should we or shouldn't we share the good news with Mormons and Mormon fundamentalists, and why? Well, again, if somebody is believing something that is not true, 
and we care about them, and we do believe in the difference between heaven and hell, mm -hmm. then I think it behooves us to look for ways that we can get a conversation started to get to the real issues. And while there are a lot of people who get very angry about that, mm -hmm. they'll say, well, it says in the Bible, judge not lest ye be judged. And I always like to ask back, well, so why are you judging me? You know, mm -hmm. the idea that I'm trying to tell you the truth, and I don't I don't hate Mormons or people who are uh, polygamous. I love them. Otherwise, I wouldn't, do, wouldn't this. do this. Right. The most hateful thing that we could do, Doris, is just not do anything. Is let but, the green stay between the teeth exactly. and just not care. But you have to take a risk sometimes mm -hmm. and say, and I had this happen to me, actually, where I told somebody at work years ago when I, had a, I was working in a grocery store, and I told uh, one of the checkers, I was a bagger, I was a young kid, and I said, you have something green between your teeth. She got mad at me. Well... I think she kind of got mad, the fact that she had that, but I was just the but bear. that wasn't your fault. <laughs> it was bad news, but it was good yeah. in the sense that you don't have to walk all the way through. And how many of us have had that situation where I wish somebody would have just told me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have that at the end of my life where I have regret, mm -hmm. where I did not do my best. And I can't force anybody to receive the gospel. Right. But right. I think we can, we can present tell. opportunities, and that's what and that's what I want to do. And we should, and that's what your book is about. So I want to do, take part one, uh, the rest of this one, and answer, uh, talk about the five questions that you have listed at the beginning of the book. Uh, you listed the five questions that people will ask once that might may ask once that we start sharing the biblical gospel. Mm -hmm. And I admit I personally have had probably all five of these said to me. The five questions are, one, don't you believe Mormons are Christians? Two, hasn't the LDS church changed its teachings to be more Christian? Three, aren't Christians like you hateful of Mormons? Four, don't you think I'm a good person? And five, can't we just work together for good? And you re provided very good responses, in-depth responses for each question. So the rest of part one of this part, we will discuss your answers. So what is your answer to the first question? Don't you believe Mormons are Christian? I think a lot of people, including Christian scholars, assume that because the language is the same. Mm -hmm. When we talk about atonement, when we talk about Jesus himself, when we talk about salvation by grace, we can talk to a Latter-day Saint and they would say, I agree with you that there is salvation by grace, really. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't know that. A lot of people will come to me and say, I talked to my Mormon friend and they agree with everything we do. Yeah. The problem is that they do not define what is meant. One of the best questions that we can learn when we're trying to do any kind of evangelism is never assume anything, never tell a Latter-day Saint or a polygamist what he or she believes, but rather ask them the question, mm -hmm. what do you believe about such and such? And then let them tell you and look for ways to, when they say, well, salvation by grace. Well, what do you mean by that? What is, what is meant? And I think if we clarify and use that Socratic method, I think we're going to learn a lot about where that person is coming from. Mm -hmm. So Mormonism has differences from the top to the bottom. I mean, for, I mean, just the idea of who God is. Mormonism teaches that, that uh, God was a human being with a body of flesh and bone, which is what he has today, and that they, as faithful Mormons, if they go through the temple, then have the opportunity to become gods of their own right. The Bible doesn't teach that. It doesn't teach that you have to have full, complete obedience in order to have eternal life. The Bible says very clearly in Ephesians 2 that we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works. Mm -hmm. So many different contradictory things, and I wish that 
some of the Christian scholars out there who I think might be well-meaning, but go around the country and say, well, I think that my Mormon friends are saved individuals. They don't know what they're talking about because if you ask them, if you were to die right now, would you go to the celestial kingdom, which is the very best yes. that this religion has mm -hmm. to offer. I don't meet Mormons regularly who tell me, yes, absolutely, I'll go there. Yeah. I hear a lot of, I'm trying, I'm mm -hmm. doing the best I can, I hope so. They can't do, yeah. and they can't say what First John 5.13 says, right. that we might well, know. We know that we know it. That's a missing ingredient. I want them to be able to know. Mm -hmm. How can you know? Because you've received Jesus, and it's not based on what you've done, but what right. he has done. Right. And it's not, a man, it's not a means of pride or, or, or strutting around because we've done good works. It's right. grace through uh, God's gift. Uh, now, the Bible actually defines what Christianity is, and so if if any religion doesn't follow what the Bible teaches Christianity is, it can't be called Christian. No, it can't. And so They don't get to determine what Christianity is. And that's part of the problem, the term Christian, because yeah. that is a word that in recent years Mormonism has, Mormons have been trying to use that term for themselves, and I think it pollutes the word itself. Well, it does. Yeah. And they didn't want to be called Christians in the beginning of their um, organization at all. Right. And, and if, if uh, a Mormon is a Christian, then that makes Christian and Mormon synonymous, then I guess that would make me a Mormon. Even though I disagree with Joseph Smith, I deny that Russell M. Nelson is the true prophet of God, etc. And that shows the difference between doctrine, and that doctrine is so important, exactly. whether they like to uh, admit to that or not. Okay, let's go to the second question. Hasn't the LDS Church changed its teachings to be more Christian? And I always like to ask Latter-day Saints, uh, can you show me where that is the case? If we talk about any doctrine, like salvation by grace through faith, where does it say that I just need to have the faith and God's grace is going to save me? Well, no, the, the, I, I, they have not changed 2 Nephi 25:23 in the Book of Mormon, which says that a person is saved by grace after all you can do. And I regularly have Latter-day Saints say, no, that means in spite of all you can do. Mm -hmm. And that's from Stephen E. Robinson, a BYU mm -hmm. professor from years ago in a book that he wrote. But that's not how the LDS leadership defines 2 right. Nephi 25-23 after. They use the idea that you have to have complete obedience. In fact, my chapter on uh, the miracle of forgiveness by Spencer W. Kimball on page 207, he says it takes complete obedience when he cites mm -hmm. 2 Nephi 25-23. So we have many differences regardless of whether or not somebody doesn't understand that. And I just don't see the LDS leadership going that way. They'll sometimes have some veiled comments and general conference that people will, I think, misinterpret what they are actually saying. And I think the leaders purposely are doing that to mm -hmm. make it so that you can't really make a clear definition. Well, the fact that they even would say, we've changed our teachings to be more Christian would show they're not Christian yeah. because you don't change. That's a good point, you Doris. Don't change the That's question. a great point. Uh, the third question, aren't Christians like you or me hateful of Mormons? And I would go back to the illustration of the woman with the green thing in her teeth. Uh, no, I, I don't hate Mormons. I, the worst thing that we could do is just to leave them alone. Ignore them. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that blessed are the feet of those who bring good, good news. news. And that's the gospel. That is news. what we're commanded to be. Exactly. You know, the Great Commission in Matthew exactly. 28 says that we're supposed to go into all the world 
world, and we're supposed to give this message to everybody. And, and they take a question. If we question their belief, they take that as hatefulness. They yeah. take it as being anti. What's odd is that if you're not part of Mormonism and you ask questions, then they think we're anti-Mormon or hateful. Mm -hmm. And if you are part of Mormonism and ask questions, then you're not don't have enough faith to believe without asking. So questions just are to be avoided, period, when yeah. you're dealing with them. Right. So, um, yeah, we've been, we've been called very hateful times just, just because we do ask the questions. Um, the fourth question, don't you think I'm a good person? And the problem is that a good person is not necessarily a saved person. In fact, all of us are evil. All of us are sinful. And the Bible is very clear setting that straight across the board. And the Bible also says in Matthew chapter 7 that there will be many who say, Lord, 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 look at all the good things that I've done. They even did miracles in they, his name. It, yeah, exactly. And Jesus says he didn't know them. Yeah. So, yes, Mormons are very nice people. And it's not wrong to be a good person, to, to take care of our fellow human beings and, and to be polite to other people and all of that. But that is not what the Bible says you do mm -hmm. in order to receive salvation. To be justified by faith is what it says in, in Romans chapter 3, verse 28. So I think that uh, we need to understand the importance of, of um, you know, I just lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> You know, the, the, the idea that uh, Mormons are good people. Yeah. I, 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 bottom line, I don't have a problem with, with, with saying that, but good people don't necessarily go to heaven. And, and when we say that, uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and, and good people don't necessarily go to heaven, and so on, they're, they're taking that personally. You know, like, yeah. you're saying I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, you know, right. and don't deserve to go to heaven kind of thing, and I'm trying and trying and trying. So their obvious answer is, well, you must not think I'm any good. No, and, and uh, we just disagree on our beliefs. Mm -hmm. And if we do disagree, uh, because I think Mormonism does deny or distort every fundamental teaching of the historic Christian church. Actually, if that's the case, then we lay that on the ground. I don't think we should allow our, our feelings to get hurt if, we, if somebody says your ideas are wrong, then you need to show how your ideas are right. And exactly. we should do that in every case. I mean, politics no and what it is, yes. sports, whatever it is, I think we need to understand it's not a personal attack against you. I'm going to go against the philosophy. Exactly. And those who consider themselves good, by the way, uh, they can't see good from God's viewpoint. They, yeah. they, there has to be a definition, a definitive yep. of what is good in God's viewpoint, not in ours. That's a good point. And that's different, too. Fifth question. Can't we just work together for good? And as I just said, if we have disagreements on the major issues, I, th I think um, you cannot just say, let's work hand in hand and pretend that we don't have those differences mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. we can get those resolved. Uh, um, I, I think that I, I love Latter-day Saints, as I've been explaining. I think you love Latter-day Saints as well as those in the polygamy, but uh, I, I shy away from anything that is ecumenical in that sense, yeah. of trying to work to the greater good. I think we need to be careful in that because I think the wrong message could be conveyed to the people. And that's why mm -hmm. I, I disagree with trying to hold hands mm -hmm. and make it mm -hmm. look like we can work together on of those course, other issues. Of course, polygamists would never work together unless it's to their own benefit. Yeah. Actually, the Mormon church doesn't yeah, either. I was going to say that. Still, yeah. But, right. but we, we, we read in the Bible what Jesus said about there being a broad way and a narrow way. Yes. And the broad way and the narrow way, people aren't holding hands, right. you know, all just getting along with each other. 
Look, this is separate ways. This is such an important issue that we don't want to just uh, pretend it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. That's why we write a book like this. This mm -hmm. is why we go out purposely and try to share our faith because we're trying to speak the truth in love, in as love. it says in exactly. Ephesians chapter four. Yeah, and that's the end of five questions. But you then have a sixth question. But I think that this question may come from fellow Christians rather than from those that we're trying to share our good news with. And that question is, isn't lifestyle evangelism the best way to share our faith? What is lifestyle evangelism and how do you answer that question? Well, I think the way that most people consider lifestyle evangelism is just live a good life and then let other people see what that life is about. And maybe they'll come and ask you some questions. Yeah. The problem is, I think that the Mormon can oftentimes outdo the Christian when it comes to doing good. Oh, the, oh yes. And, and they so have they're, to do good works to get to heaven. They're, so doing, yes. they're doing really well. And mm -hmm. so if, and I've had Mormon neighbors of mine say that you're a good person, and they even have called me a Christian. And, 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 and I think we're missing the point there that if we don't have the same idea of how a person gets to uh, salvation and never get to the real issue, because I think a lot of people are satisfied in, well, they must see that I'm, a, a, I'm this great person, a great neighbor and everything else. If you've never said anything, mm -hmm. how are they supposed to hear? The exactly. gospel is something that has to be given. It's not done through osmosis. Exactly. So yes, a lot of Christians ask that, and I think it's too bad that many in the 21st century in the Christian church don't consider evangelism as something that needs to be spoken through the mouth, but rather just something to be lived. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm all for lifestyle evangelism exactly, as but part not, of the whole package. But not exclusively. Right. Exactly, we have to talk about. And, and you mentioned Ephesians 4, 15 that says, tell, speak the truth in love. Yes. But Jude 3 says, contend for the faith right. once for all given to the saints. So contending for the faith obviously involves more than just lifestyle evangelism. It does. And again, it, it requires us to use our mouth and uh, look for the opportunities. And I'm not saying force it on anybody right. or require every conversation to have an evangelistic uh, twang to it. But at the same time, when you look for opportunities and then maybe ask questions, ask a Latter-day Saint, so why are you LDS? Just to get them to talk about it, bringing up some issues. It mm -hmm. gives you then the opportunity to ask more questions right. and to perhaps right. get yeah, onto some spiritual issues. And Paul said, pray for me that I may speak out boldly. Yes, he did. So that wasn't lifestyle evangelism at all. On page 19, you equated evangelism with fishing. Actually, it was Jesus who first illustrated the idea of, of uh, what he told his disciples, that he would make them fishers of men. But... So obviously Jesus wanted us to tell others and, and all that, but you talked about using a worm or a fly for fishing. Explain yeah. what you mean. Well, I'm not a much of a fisherman as a kid I was, but we have to use different kinds of bait when you're going to go fishing. I mean, you might use a lure, you might use a fly and do fly fishing, you might use the worm. However you decide you're going to do it, decide what is most successful for you. Mm -hmm. And it sometimes may require you to change because the worm's not hitting that day, but the cheese bait is. Well, then you might need to do a little bit of adjusting. And over the years, I have adjusted the way that I have done evangelism based on the responses that I've had, based on my own personal gifts. And so while one person over here may do evangelism one way that is very successful for them, and this other person over here does it, that's successful for them as well. I need to find what's best. And so there's not one particular way to fish and there's not one particular way to do evangelism. And different fish uh, respond to different 
fishes or flies or, yes. or lures accordingly too. Right. Yeah, if you so. want to catch a bass or a trout, you're going to have to use different types of techniques. You want to get a catfish, it's a bottom dwelling fish. You're going to have to get some uh, lures and or some sinkers that will get down there to the bottom. And it depends on what you're trying to catch. Right. I'm just trying to catch the people that God wants me to catch because mm -hmm. I'm only in sales. God's in production. <laughs> He's in the way. And I, I'm going to do whatever I can to be the best salesperson I can and share this good news with everybody. And he was talking to fishermen, too, when he, he said that. So they, they got that. They knew what he meant when right. he said, You're, now you've been able to catch the fish. Now I want to train you and show you how to catch men for God. Absolutely. For God. And people are different and they have different spiritual needs and questions and doubts and they all require different approaches accordingly. And that's been that my, I, when I first started doing this, I kind of thought, well, okay, I'll do it this way. But each person was different and you cannot just focus in on doing it at one way. But the spiritual needs, whether it's a Mormon or a polygamist or an atheist, doesn't matter. The spiritual need at the bottom line is the same. They need Jesus. Right. And they need to know what Jesus has done, the good news, actually. So this pretty much uh, covers what we wanted to talk about in part one of sharing the good news um, with polygamists and, for, and uh, former Mormons. And we'll finish the discussion next time. And if there are Mormons or polygamists that are watching and have questions, what they've been taught, would you recommend, now I know it's written mostly to Christians, but would you recommend this to a Mormon or a polygamist to read? Well, I, I mean, there are many books out there that are good books um, for, for the average person who already is in the faith. They might be interested to hear some of the strategies. Mean, they're going to get the strategies. Yeah. So in a sense, I would love to have them read a chapter on what is sin and hear what uh, the writer has talked about that or or the impossible gospel as written by Keith Walker in chapter yeah, 24 yeah. or yes I, I wouldn't mind them reading it if they're yeah. willing to read it and then they would get a full dose mm -hmm. in these short chapters the chapters are limited to 3,000 words we mm -hmm. try to get right to the point uh, not a lot of wasted space but I would hope that mm -hmm. they would be challenged by some of the things that we're using mm -hmm. as our bait. And I think they would, too. So uh, eternal life, of course, the good news is eternal life is a free gift of God. Amen. Not by works, uh, but by God's grace. And God's grace means no works, period. So we're going to talk about the rest of it next time. Uh, and get into the other chapters of the book. Some of them you didn't write, but you can still make comments on what they wrote. Love to do it. Okay, thanks, Eric. And so we'll see you uh, next time for part two of our discussion on the book, Sharing the Good News with Mormons. Thank you. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.